Everyone who is able to, please rise and face the east with us as we do the Morris American Prayer. Stand facing the east with our heels together, feet at a 45 degree angle, holding up two fingers on the right and five on the left. Repeat after me. Father of the universe, Father of the universe, Father of love, Father of love, Father of love, peace, peace, freedom, freedom, and justice, freedom, and justice, and justice. Allah is my protector, Allah is my protector, my guide, and my salvation. By night and by day. Night and by day. Through his holy prophet. Holy prophet. Drew Ali. Amen. Islam Morris, I want to announce that this meeting is now open. Muslim Mission 30, Columbus, Ohio. Morris Science Temple of America. First and foremost, we always rise and give the highest praise to our creator, the most high, our father, God, Allah. We stand on to our divine prophet, noble Drew Ali, for bringing us our divine creed and nationality. We also stand on to the forerunner to the prophet, our dear brother, Marcus Mosiah Garvey. We stand on to all the Adab sheiks and all the faithful Muslims that make up the grand body of the Moorish divine national movement. We also stand on to the first appointed supreme Supreme Grand Sheikh by the Prophet, and that's our brother E. Millie Ill. Also, honors to the current Supreme Grand Sheikh and Grand Council of the Morris Science Temple of America, and honors to all the faithful Muslims here on this call. Islam, Brother Jackson Bay, would you please read our divine constitution and bylaws? Islam, Islam Grand Sheikh, I rise giving perfect praise to Allah, and honors to the Prophet Jurali, honors to our forefathers and our foremothers, and honors to the Asiatic nations and the Muslims all over the world. Salvation, Allah, unity, the Morris Science Temple of America, the divine constitution and bylaws. Act one, the Grand Sheik and the chairman of the Morris Science Temple of America is empowered to make law and enforce law with the assistance of the prophet and the grand body of the Morris Science Temple of America. The assistant Grand Sheik is to assist the Grand Sheik in all affairs if he lives according to love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice and it is known before the members of the Morris Science Temple of America. Act two, all meetings are to be open and closed promptly according to the circle seven in love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Friday is our holy day of rest because on a Friday, the first man was formed in flesh and on a Friday, the first man departed out of flesh and ascended unto his father God Allah. For that cause, Friday is the holy day for all Muslims all over the world. Act three, love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice must be proclaimed and practiced by all members of the Morris Science Temple of America. No member is to put in danger or accuse falsely his brother or sister or on any occasion at all that may harm his brother or sister because a lie is love. Act four, all members must preserve these holy and divine laws and all members must obey the laws of the government because by being a Morris American, you are part and partial of the government and must live the life accordingly. Act 5, this organization of the Morris Science Temple of America 
is not to cause any confusion or to overthrow the laws and constitution of the said government, but to obey hereby. Act six, with us, all members must proclaim their nationality and we are teaching our people their nationality and their divine creed that they may know that they are part and partial of this said government and know that they are not Negroes, colored folks, black people, or Ethiopians because these names were given to slaves by slaveholders in 1779 and lasted until 1865 during the time of slavery. But this is a new era of time now, and all men now must proclaim their free national name to be recognized by the government in which they live and the nations of the earth. This is the reason why Allah, the great God of the universe, ordained noble Jew Ali, the prophet, to redeem his people from their sinful ways. The Moorish Americans are the descendants of the ancient Moabites whom inhabited the northwestern and southwestern shores of Africa. Act 7. All members must promptly attend their meetings and become part and partial of all uplifting acts of the Moorish Science Temple of America. Members must pay their dues and keep in line with all necessities of the Moorish Science Temple of America. Then you are entitled to the name of faithful. Husband, you must support your wife and children. Wife, you must obey your husband and take care of your children and look after the duties of your household. Sons and daughters must obey father and mother and be industrious and become part of the uplifting of fallen humanity. All Moorish Americans must keep their hearts and minds pure with love and their bodies clean with water. This divine covenant is from your holy prophet, Noble Jurali, through the guidance of his father, God Allah. Noble Jurali, founder, Moorish American prayer. Allah, the Father of the universe, the Father of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Allah is my protector, my guide, and my salvation by night and by day, through his holy prophets, Riley. Amen. The Moore Science Temple of America, Home Office of Noble Jew Riley, Home Office, Chicago, Illinois, USA. Islam, Islam, Islamism. Happy Holy Day, Masa. Gratitude, brother. All right. Uh, brother Kobe, would you please read the writ to the prophet? Islam, Grand Sheik, I rise and give perfect praise to the great God Allah. Rise and give honors to our prophet. Noble Jew Ali, rise and give honors to the forerunner, Marcus Messiah Garvey. Rise and give honors to all ills and bays, all Muslims on the call, all Muslims on the planet. To the members of the Moore Science Temple of America, Islam, this is instruction from your prophet, Noble Jew Ali. Be faithful to your forefather, divine and national creed, that you will be blessed for your good deeds that you saw in the flesh. Allah is the one that judges the world, and his judgment is on now, but the weak can comprehend it not. Then the times are drawing near, so says Allah to his divine prophet, I know Ali, and that is why many hearts have turned to stone. Many have eyes to see, but cannot see, ears to hear, but cannot hear. At least they'll be confounded of their sins. These are the trying hours now, dear Moors, and every evil spirit is moving. And they are trying every weak mind to overthrow and drag out the true foundation that has been laid and it caused confusion in the minds of the ones that do believe. But if you have the true love of Allah and the spirit of your forefathers, you fear not what you hear or see, but will sacrifice the utmost of your very life to protect your movement and your prophet. Watch your enemies, dear Moors. Your enemies are the ones that speak against your prophet and ridicule him to the very lowest and the ones that speak against your divine and national principles of your temple. Act accordingly, and Allah will bless you for your good work. Peace, your divine prophet, noble Jew Ali. Prophet warns all Muslims to be read in every meeting. 
I hereby inform all members they must end all radical speeches while at work in their homes and on the streets. We are for peace and not destruction. Stop flashing your cards at Europeans that causes confusion. Remember, your card is for your salvation. Failure to obey these orders will be a severe consequence. We are for love, truth, peace, freedom. And when these principles are violated, justice must then take its course. Any member or group of members who hold malicious feelings towards our prophet or the temple or violate the divine covenant of the Moorish movement will receive their rewards from Allah for their unjust deeds. All true Moors will and must obey the law laid down to them by their prophet. If they lose confidence in their prophet, they should turn in their card and button, cease wearing their turban and fez, and return to the state where I, the prophet, found you. This is a holy and divine movement founded by the prophet Noble Juali. And the prophet is not right, the temple is not right. The prophet, therefore, is sending out a divine plea to all Moorish Americans. They do their part in protecting the prophet and the temple. This is an everlasting movement founded by the prophet through the will of Allah to redeem his people from their sinful ways. Peace. Noble Juali. To be proclaimed in every meeting. Islam, I am glad to know I have a few faithful Moors among you all, and I desire for them to know the truth and the divine truth. There's a host of jealousy about me and the movement now by the same people of our side of the nation that claim that I was a joke and unreal. But now since they found out from the government officials and the nations of the earth that this is the only sole foundation that all Asiatics must depend upon for their earthly salvation as American citizens, they are working every scheme that they can to disqualify me so they may take charge of the situation. I have notified all these things to you long ago in the past. It is through the faithful Moors that attribute to the movement and uplifting funds. The ones that pay their divine respects to me and the movement will be remembered. That is why I'm calling upon all faithful Moors to increase their faithfulness to me, your prophet, and your divine Moors movement. I need finance, and I need it badly. Never before have I needed finance so badly as I do at present so I can shove aside the discord that is facing the nation. It all comes through jealousy because of my fame and nobility. The nations of the world would not recognize the movement without I, the prophet, being head. It has been proven by my works, which I have performed in the past few years. Prophet, noble Juali, Islam, Islam, Islamism. Happy Holy Day, Muslims. Gratitude, brother. Uh, Sister Lachelle, would you please read our additional laws? Islam. I rise to give all praise to the great Father God, Allah, honors to the prophet Noble Juali, honors to the forerunner Marcus Messiah Garvey, honors to all Muslims on the call and all Muslims around the world, questionary and additional laws for the Moorish American by the prophet Noble Juali. Act 1, grand sheiks and governors and heads of all temple, all business. He said temple must be approved by the prophet Noble Juali before acting upon by any members let it be finance, property, or any line of life that will cause the members to sacrifice finance, ETC, that will cause the support of any group of members. Any former officer that violates these laws is subject to be removed from his office under a heavy restriction, ETC, by the prophet or the grand chief. Act 2. All members are to attend their EDDEP meetings and their public meetings promptly. If a member is found standing around on their meeting period, she'll be fined 50 cents on the first case. And on the second, he will be fined $1, which will go on your emergency fund. If member is working, his monthly dues must be paid. And if he has money in the bank, he must subscribe 
for as much as he is able to the more uplifting funds because it takes finance to uplift the nation. Act three, it is the lawful and divine duty of every good member if he is able in finance to aid me in saving the nation. And if he does not, he is an enemy to the uplifting his own people and justice must catch you. Let it be he or she according to love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice as I have the power invested in my hands and I will have to enforce the law in order to save the nation. Act four, all members while up making a public speech must not use any assertion against the American flag or speak radical against the church or any member of any organized group because we are to teach love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Act five, all members must promptly attend their meetings and send their children to Sunday school and the teacher must confirm himself to the questionnaire and let every member exercise his five senses who is able to do so because from out of your Sunday school comes the guiders of the nation. Act six, with us, all members must proclaim their nationality and we're teaching our people their nationality and their divine creed that they may know that they are a part and parcel of this said government and know that they are not Negroes, color folks, black people, or Ethiopians. Because these names were given to slaves by slaveholders in 1779 and lasted until 1865 during the time of slavery. But this is a new era of time now. And all men now must proclaim their free national name to be recognized by the government in which they live and the nations of the earth. This is the reason why Allah, the great God of the universe, ordained Noble Ali, the prophet, to redeem his people from their sinful ways. The Moorish Americans are the descendants of the ancient Moabites who inhabited the northwestern and southwestern shores of Africa. Act 7. All members must promptly attend their meetings and become part and a partial of all uplifting acts of the Moorish Science Temple. Members must pay their dues and keep in line with all necessities of the Moorish Science Temple. Then you're entitled to the name of faithful. Husband, you must support your wife and children. Wife, you must obey your husband and take care of your children and look after the duties of your household. Sons and daughters must obey father and mother and be industrious and become part of the uplifting of fallen humanity. All Moorish Americans must keep their hearts and minds filled with love and their bodies clean with water. This divine covenant is from your holy prophet, Noah Jorali, through the guidance of his father, God, Allah. Islam. Peace and love. Happy holiday, Muslims. All right, Islam, and happy holiday. Uh, gratitude, sister. Okay, um, today we're going to be speaking about chapter 47. Um, as we do this, I just want to go back to Act 5 from the additional laws that the sister just read. Um, Act 5 says, all members, excuse me, must promptly attend their meetings and send their children to Sunday school. And a teacher must confirm himself to the questionnaire and let every member exercise his five senses who's able to do so. Because out from your Sunday school come the guiders of the nations. When you um, look up the definition of confirm, you know, pretty, it pretty, for the most part, it means to verify, right? Confirm, looking at Merriam-Webster says, to make sure of the truth of their arrest confirms my, sus oh, excuse me, hang on. <laughs> Let me get a, oh, we're on chapter 47. Okay, but yeah, just looking up that definition for confirm, it says to uh, make firm or firmer, strengthen, okay? To give new assurance of the validity of, remove doubt about, 
by authoritative act or indisputable fact. Okay, so looking at that, um, confirm. I think some Moors confuse that term where it says confirm yourself to the questionnaire with con, con, um, conform or confine, excuse me, confine. They confuse it with the word confine. When you confine something, it means this is what you're limited to. This is all you can do. But when you confirm something, right, you're verifying it, right? You're, you're um, as, as the description the, from the um, uh, dictionary definition says, to make firmer, to strengthen, to give new assurance of the validity of, remove doubt about, right? By authoritative act or indisputable fact. So in other words, you are to use other sources, if necessary, to to um, give undis- provide undisputable facts to affirm, and that's what we're going to do today. Speaking on chapter forty-seven, this man that's on the screen in the center of the uh, bylaws, Prophet Noble Drew Ali, one of us from North Carolina, brought divine law to us, and also brought our um, our divine origin, our true origin to us, which was hidden. When the Europeans arrived in this area of the world, in the Americas, in many instances, they immediately began to do something. By decree from their Pope, they immediately began to burn our books, to destroy our um, records, burn and destroy. And then some items were smuggled out to the Vatican and to other libraries that they have and they were hidden in the vaults. So nobody else had access to it. Okay. But thankfully everything wasn't destroyed. So we're going to talk about this. So the prophet returned something to us that they thought they had wiped off the face of the earth. This wasn't taught in our schools. Nobody was trying to teach us this, but someone who looked like us returned this to us. And that's why many of us, don't believe this, won't listen to it, because the prophet Noble Jurali looks like somebody from our own family, okay? He looks like one of us, and the self-hatred is so deep that that makes a lot of people think, oh, no, nah, no, nah. you need to hear it from somebody that looks like George Bush or something like that. You're not trying to hear it from somebody from North Carolina that looks like one of you, okay? Then how did he notice? What schools did he go to? He didn't go to Oxford or Harvard. Who does he think he is? So let's go into chapter 47, okay? All right. One of us who experienced, you know, the harshness of Jim Crow era, people being lynched, attacks on our communities, all of these things that were going on, had this understanding and he came straight to us. Okay. Now there were people who were writing about this, but they were writing about this for their own societies, the the Rosicrucian order, the Theosophical societies. They weren't giving this information to us. Okay. And we didn't have access to it. So this wasn't being discussed in our circles. The prophet brought it to us. Just trying to put this in a proper context. Chapter 47, Egypt, the capital empire of the dominion of Africa. 
the inhabitants of Africa are the descendants of the ancient Canaanites from the land of Canaan. Old man Cush and his family are the first inhabitants of Africa who came from the land of Canaan. His father Ham and his family were second. Then came the word Ethiopia, which means the demarcation line of a Mexum, the first true and divine name of Africa, right? Just stopping right there, a gem is being revealed, right? A Mexum, comma, the first true and divine name of Africa, okay? The dividing of the land between the father and the son. The dominion of Cush, Northeast and Southeast Africa, Northwest and Southwest was his father's dominion of Africa. In later years, many of their brethren from Asia and the Holy Lands joined them. Uh, six, the, the Moabites from the land of Moab who received permission from the pharaohs of Egypt to settle and inhabit Northwest Africa, they were the founders and are the true possessors of the present Moroccan empire. With their Canaanite, Hittite, and Amorite brethren who sojourned from the land of Canaan seeking new homes. Their dominion and inhabitation extended from Northeast and Southwest Africa across great Atlantis, even into present North, South and Central America and also Mexico and the Atlantis islands before the great earthquake, which caused the Atlantic Ocean. The river now was dredged and made by the ancient pharaohs of Egypt in order to trade with the surrounding kingdom. So this information is being returned to us like, okay, uh, the, the ancient name for, for Africa is a Mexum. Okay, our ancestors, the Moabites, received permission from the pharaohs, plural, of Egypt. Remember, Egypt is listed as the capital empire of the dominion of Africa. The pharaohs of Egypt gave permission for them to settle and inhabit Northwest Africa. Okay, but then in seven, Northwest Africa is defined. They were the founders in the past and are the true possessors right now of the present Moroccan empire. Okay, and um, just going down here, then the dominion is explained. This is Northwest Africa, Northwest of Mexum. Their dominion and inhabitation extended from Northeast and Southwest Africa across the great Atlantis. So we're given a time period pre-cataclysm, right? Pre-flood across the great Atlantis, even into the present North, South and Central America and also Mexico and the Atlantis Islands before the great earthquake, which caused the Atlantic Ocean. So we're given a time period here. And, and a key word that we all need to understand is antediluvian, antediluvian world, right? We all need to understand that because when you see um, anything referring to the antediluvian world, that is specifically speaking about the old civilizations, the old civilizations that existed before the cataclysms that led to the lands, that led to the nations having to be redistributed. Right, with some land sinking beneath the water, some, some land masses breaking apart. And it wasn't just a flood, there were cataclysms, there were 
there were earthquakes, there were um, volcanoes going off. And it's the antediluvian world. All right. And even though this is this type of information suppressed, it's not um, it's not fictional. It's this is very much like known um, throughout worldwide history as far as um, archaeology is concerned. It's known, even though it's not it's not promoted because it goes against the mainstream narrative. All right. The mainstream narrative for human development doesn't give us the ability to be advanced in the past. Right. They give us, you know, the Stone Age. We, we came from cavemen, all of us. Right. On up to where we are now. It doesn't make way for a potential past civilization that was advanced. So then also in verse eight, the river now was dredged. Right. So this is letting us know that potentially other rivers as well, right? The river now and the Niger River, um, but they were man-made. They were created for trade. So the river now was dredged and made by the ancient pharaohs of Egypt in order to trade with the surrounding kingdoms. Also, the Niger River was dredged by the great pharaoh of Egypt in those ancient days for trade. And it extends eastward from the river now westward across the great Atlantic. It was used for trade and transportation. And this is letting us know that, okay, this Niger River, right, extended even out into the Atlantic Ocean before, because it was there before there was an Atlantic Ocean. And this is why then you have these these, um, currents, these currents within the ocean that can still be taken advantage of for people that are sailing that are that are um you know sailing across the atlantic there's basically river streams still running through the atlantic to this day right but originally this was created man-made used for trade and transportation okay and for for sailors that understand this they can take advantage of that so that they can travel faster and smoother across the Atlantic. So this information is not known yet. It's not common knowledge, but this was given to us back in 1928. According to all true and divine records of the human race, there is no Negro, Black, or colored race attached to the human family because all the inhabitants of Africa were and are of the human race, descendants of the ancient Canaanite nation from the Holy Land of Canaan. Where your ancient forefathers were, you are today without doubt or contradiction. There's no one who's able to change man from the descendant nature of his forefathers unless his power extends beyond the great universal creator, Allah himself. These holy and divine laws are from the prophet Noble Ali, the founder of the uniting of the Moorish Science Temple of America. Islam, see the brother David Sell said there's experiments with small boats. I guess um, recreations of the small boats from ancient Egypt created, recreated in that style, and they were able to sail across the Atlantic. These holy and divine laws are from the prophet Noble Ali, the founder of the Uniting of the Moorish Science Temple of America. These laws are to be strictly preserved by the members of all the temples 
of the Morris Science Temple of America, that they will learn to open their meeting and guide it according to the principles of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Every subordinate temple of the Grand Major Temple is to form under the covenant of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, and to create their own laws and customs in conjunction with the laws of the Holy Prophet and the Grand Temple. I, the Prophet Noble Drew Ali, was sent by the great God Allah to warn all Asiatics of America to repent from their sinful ways before the great and awful day that is sure to come. Okay, just letting it be known, you know, everybody may not make it or, or come to it. But he was sent to warn all of us, all Asiatics of America, and not, not to blame it on anyone else, right? We suffer because of our own sinful ways. We're the ones going along with it, right? We're the ones that, you know, committing black-on-black -black crime, shooting each other, talking about it, you know, raps, making movies about it, right? I, I just saw something about some new movie, some Jamaican movie, and it's like the dude, he, he comes to America to join his mom, and, and he winds up starting a gang, and they're going around robbing and killing people right and it's like oh yeah wow another another hood movie about drugs and guns like come on man so it's you know we suffer we get pegged into this but we're going along with it we're the ones that are perpetuating it right so that great and awful day is sure to come the time has come when <coughs> excuse me when every nation must worship under its own vine and fig tree and every tongue must confess his own. We spoke on that previously. Obviously, Christianity as being practiced here is not our own, right? All of the different um, denominations of Christianity, they all owe allegiance to the Pope at the end of the day, even if they acted like they were Protestants, they were striking out on their own. They all owe allegiance, right? And they all push the agenda for the most part that is like the watered down version of the scriptures they leave out certain parts right it, it was done for political purpose to unify the european nations under um one religion right and so you know it, it wasn't made to liberate us every time must confess his own the time is here even if people don't see this through sin and disobedience every nation has suffered slavery due to the fact that they honored not the creed and principles of their forefathers Okay, so at this point in time, it doesn't matter what people will say, you know, it was forced on our ancestors. At this point in time, there's no reason for us to still be practicing their religion. There's no reason for us to have blue and, you know, contacts and, and blonde hair and, and to, um, you know, there's even people lightening their skin and, you know, doing all of this mess. There's, there's no reason, right? We suffer for our own deeds, going along with this and going along with the culture of Western civilization, Western society, right? It's not sustainable. It's only about gratifying the lower self, the carnal nature. That is why the nationality of the Moors was taken away from them in 1774. And the word Negro, black and colored was given to the Asiatics of America who were of Moorish descent because they honored not the principles of their mother and father and strayed after the gods of Europe 
whom they knew nothing. And so we're going to speak about this Moorish descent, because as you can see, when the prophet is alluding to Moorish descent, it's not necessarily speaking about um, Islam after the prophet Muhammad, right? Because even if you go to the Quran, there were Muslims before the prophet Muhammad, because according to the Quran, as revealed to the prophet Muhammad, even people like Abraham, the people who came before him were Muslims. So in actuality, this is something that, you know, predates him because if you really look at Islam, that root word means peace, you know, being at peace, making this a way of life, being at peace, at oneness with the universe, with your, your, um, your companions, with nature, that's universal. Okay. And it doesn't matter what names people have for it, what names they have for the creator, right? That's something that's universal. Okay, and the Moabites, um, we've shown some of the some of the monuments and things that the Moabites built right in, in Petra, Jordan, that they built out of solid rock, built out, of, you know, into the side of mountains. And these things were created by the Moabites. This is what the prophets reconnecting us to. Okay. One of the seven wonders of the world, the cliffside, they call them tombs, but these were temples. Okay? This is what the prophet's reconnecting us to. Things that they still can't explain in the present day. They don't understand. They don't really know how this is done because some people were actually living in caves and, and uncivilized at this point in time. So how was this being done? Right? Well, the prophet told us why. We were civilized. We had cities. We created the rivers for trade. We created them, right? We had mastery over the elements, over earth. Okay? And then something happened. There were cataclysms that caused the continents and things to break apart. And it caused us in many ways to have to reset, to have to start all over. Okay? So even though... You may not have been here before. I, I haven't been there yet. I'm, I'm going to have to check this out one day. But, you know, other people are going there and marveling at it. They walk inside and the roofs, the ceilings are up so high. It looks like it was built for giants. But nobody's telling you about this. Okay? These are the Moabites. These are the Moors. Okay? And remnants of their civilization, their artifacts... Their, even their records written in their languages have been found all over the world. So it wasn't limited to just one place. And so this is what the prophet is reconnecting us to. Okay, and um, we want to confirm ourselves to this. We want to understand, like, to know, is, is this really true? All right. One thing that I, I wanted to, um, to hit on is to say that this was actually, this is known by some people, even though they're not going to tell you about it. We even have this on the record. This is um, a, a speech from the House of uh, Representatives um, during the Mexican War in the 1800s, mid-1800s, right? And so it gets to a point where they're talking about the people of that region. And then something interesting said, right? On, on the 3rd of February, 1845, 
he introduced his resolutions and spoke in explanation of them and on the subject of the boundaries. So they're speaking about that. Um, Texas, like New Mexico, Mexico area, right? This is when, you know, Texas may have been Mexico at that, you know, or was just getting annexed. It says the stupendous deserts between the Nueces and the Bravo rivers are the natural boundaries between the Anglo-Saxon and the Mauritanian races. There ends the Valley of the West, there Mexico begins. Thence beyond the Bravo begins the Moorish people and their Indian associates to whom Mexico properly belongs. Okay? While peace is cherished, that boundary will be sacred. Not till the spirit of conquest rages will the people on either side molest or mix with each other. And whenever they do, one or the other race must be conquered, if not extinguished. And so these are people in the know, educated men speaking, and they're not, you know, publishing this and putting this out for us to know. They're speaking to each other. And there was an understanding that the people in that region were of the Mauritanian races. They were Moorish people, Moorish people and their Indian associates. And that's who it properly belonged to. Okay, and so this is understood, even though it wasn't common knowledge, this is understood. Now, this information is suppressed, it's been suppressed for the longest, and, and you know, now it's starting to come out. But at this time period, while it was being heavily suppressed, remember, one of us came to return this information to us, to return this understanding to us. And so, we just want to show you just some of the reasons why the prophet is saying this, right? Because in the, in the European education system, they're, they're telling us that they want us to believe that they brought all of us over here, right? To this Western hemisphere. We didn't even know about it. Even though we had civilized, you know, we had civilizations with libraries, with universities before Europe had any of that, but we didn't know about this place over here until they brought us over here on slave ships and they brought all of us right that's what they want us to believe but one of us returned our information to us our understanding and our true history all right we know that we've always been over here the prophet referred to our dominions as a maxim and and in here he said it extended from northeast and southwest africa we're not saying we're not connected to that part of Africa. We're connected to that, but this is Africa as well. A Mexum, the ancient name is given to us, okay? Across the great Atlantis, even unto the present North, South, and Central America and Mexico and the Atlantis Islands, right? It, speaking about the Caribbean. So these are our lands. This is our birthright. And it was returned to us. We have the geographical description. Right. And then this is this same description, though, just from um, that the uh, verses uh, six and seven. Right. That that same description is also described by Plato when he speaks about the dominions of Atlantis. He said, Plato said, now in the island of Atlantis, there was a great and wonderful empire which had rule over the whole island and several others which could have been speaking about the Caribbean, as well as parts of the continent, right? Could have been speaking about the North, South, and Central America, as the prophet said. And besides these, they subjected parts of Libya, right? What did the prophet say? North, East, and Southwest Africa. 
So parts of Libya, that's in Africa, right? Within in North Africa, within the columns of Hercules, which is Gibraltar, as far as Egypt and of Europe, as far as um, Tyrrhenia. All right. And so you you can you can actually compare the prophet's description of a Mexum with Plato's description of Atlantis. And you can see that they're referring to the same thing because it, this ancient civilization wasn't just limited to the Americas. There's some people who get a little bit of this information and now they want to, you know, run with it like everything was over here in America, right? But no, no, it extended. It was a worldwide civilization. It extended through the Americas, throughout um, what we now refer to as Africa, even into Europe and, and other parts of Asia, okay? It was a worldwide civilization. And um, just going back into this, um, you can actually like superimpose Plato's description with the prophets, right? So something happened and the prophet tells us the great earthquake, which caused the Atlantic Ocean. Now, how or, or why, why is this even important? It's, it's not just about, you know, some people speaking in the House of Representatives about referring to the, the Mexicans as being of the Mauritanian race. No, it, it goes far deeper than that. Okay. And um, let, me, let me share something else with you. And so this is from the book, uh, Mysteries of the Mexican Pyramids. And this is just going over archaeology and different archives from the past, right? On this one, um, speaking about the Aztec Empire, which is what the um, Spanish conquistadors encountered when they arrived in Mexico. They're dealing with the Aztecs. The Aztecs are the ones who basically inherited the um, civilization from the people prior to them which would have been the Mayans and then the Olmecs. Okay, and the Olmecs, before I do that, the Olmecs look like this. And they're not showing us this. You have to actually go to Mexico. You have to go to Belize to see this for yourself. But this is from Bonenpac. This is just from the inside of a temple. Okay? And when you look at the walls, okay, this is amazing. This is what the ancestors did. They depicted themselves. And there's really no denying about who they were, right? So this is what's on the inside of the, the walls. It says that's the west wall. This is the east wall, okay? In full color. You know, somebody else could try to flip that and say, this is ain't, this not you, right? But you know what time it is, all right? And it, they painted it on every wall, even on the ceiling, right? in full color and this is the inside of the temple okay um once again this is the omex these are the people who actually built the pyramids and the temples here in um belize and in um in mexico but um going back to to this book so the aztecs later on um occupied this area right and um, it is just speaking on the leaders like Montezuma, right? There's uh, something I specifically wanted to speak on um, to investigate how his ministers executed their 
uh, executed their office. Uh, Montezuma would disguise himself and then go about his realm incognito. Montezuma told Cortez and his forefathers, oh, he told Cortez that his forefathers had come from a land far away called Aslan. Okay, this is what Montezuma told Cortez. Where there was a high mountain and a garden inhabited by the gods. So this is what they recorded, Cortez and them, when you know, from their interactions with the indigenous people, with the with the indigenous uh king, Montezuma, saying that his forefathers came from Atslin. Atslin um sounds a lot like Atlas. The Atlas Mountains are where? In Mauritania. Okay, what else is in Mauritania? We have the reshadow, recat structure. But we'll get to that later. They describe this. This is the other thing. They they describe this recat structure, which is in Mauritania, where you have these um, rings. And this structure is like 50-something, maybe 60 miles wide. So it's huge. So you have like these these raised um, rock rings. And then you have maybe flatter lower land in between each ring going to a ring in the in the um then you have like a like a small landmass in the middle. Okay. But that's not it because they actually described that structure, and it's it's important to notice because you know no one else is going to teach this. No one else is going to confirm this for us, right? So Montezuma's. He yeah he said his forefathers it came from a land that they called Atslin, where there was a high mountain and a garden inhabited by the gods. Okay, and if you don't know your history, you don't know why that's important. Um, just going back um, some more on this, uh, I believe speaking about the city of Tenochtitlan, Chitlan, their legends told the Mexica that white gods from the East would return to conquer Mexico. And there was no struggling against their faith, which is why they went for, you know, why they kind of ceded their kingdom to the Europeans who were coming in. They had their own stories about white gods coming from the East. Okay. But um, another thing that's important to know, right? According to Aztec tradition, the city of Tenochtitlan was modeled after the lost capital of their original homeland, situated on an island in the middle of a lake, surrounded by rings of canals and inter- interconnected dams. And the, um, the Aztecs called themselves Aztec after their mythical home in Atslan. Right? Once again, it, Phonetically, like they still have that Atlan from Atlas, reconnecting themselves to that, knowing that their ancient homeland, their lost capital, right? They they tried to model their new city after that, and they they described it, right? An island in the middle of a lake, surrounded by rings of canals with interconnected dams. Okay, and this is this is important because this is the same description of Atlantis. Same description, not of the whole entire Atlantis, because there was a worldwide civilization, but of the capital. 
in the capital of Atlantis. You had an island, right, surrounded by a lake or surrounded by a body of water with another ring, rings outside of it, each ring um, surrounded by a body of water. It's standing to the outside, right, connected by interconnecting dams, okay? And then we actually have this structure in Mauritania in the Atlas Mountains, all right? And then what, what were the Atlas Mountains named after? The Atlas Mountains were named after King Atlas. King Atlas was Poseidon's son, right? Poseidon had, um, if I'm not mistaken, seven sons. King Atlas was the eldest. He gave King Atlas the the um, the best land, the choicest land, because that's his eldest son. And um, King Atlas was one of the kings of Atlantis, right? Hence, you have the Atlas Mountains in Mauritania to this day. And who would have known that the indigenous people of, over here said that they're, this is where they came from, right? Right? Poseidon established this same thing, this island surrounded by um, bodies of water, each separate or rings of land, and each one separated by body of water, circles within a circle. And you have that in um, the Sahara Desert in Mauritania, and now it's called the, um, the Eye of the Sahara or the Rishat structure. And that in and of itself, you know, it, it's, it's amazing because um, the, you can tell that area used to be um, covered with water. There, there was all types of things going on there. Like something happened. Something happened for that area to now be a desert. Okay. And, um, you know, nobody's really telling us this, that the indigenous described this area. They actually, they described where they came from and they described something that's in Mauritania to this day and even phonetically connected to it with that name Atslin and um, they're saying they come from Atslin and Atlas, right? Those are connected, but that's not it. Um, when you go to the Incan, right? The Incan people, um, they have this same story. Um, reading a little bit about just the name America, like where where that name actually came from, okay? And um, this is from a book that's written for the Theosophical Society. This information wasn't being written for us, right? This is from William Kwan Judge, The Path, Volume 8. Um, Theosophical Society. It's like the Rosicrucians. This is specifically for them because they're, they want to know this information, right? Even though this is not being taught to us, they want to understand what's really going on. And so when they're writing for each other, right? And here it says, according to profane historians, the origin of all ancient races of America is involved in darkness, right? This is what they teach to everybody, right? That they just, you know, they were savages. They didn't have any system of writing. They were just hunter-gatherers. That's what they teach, right? That is the history, their origin is involved in darkness, okay? While even agreeably with esoteric information, India cannot be their cradle. The roots were in Atlantis, for they were the descendants of survivors of the great cataclysms. And then this is um, speaking on the actual origin of the word America, right? This is known um, amongst the educated that it didn't come from Amerigo Vespucci as they taught us in school, 
right? There's no real historical connection. You know, the, there's no ground they can stand on, as it says here, to make that connection to Amerigo Vespucci. And then it's showing how different um, tribes throughout the Americas, different people had variations of that name, right? Americ, Americ, the the name in Nicaragua for the highland or the mountain range, okay? But it gets even deeper than that. Um, it's just known that Amerigo himself had nothing to do with do with that name of America. He may have been named after it, but he's not really the reason this land was called that, right? The unconquered Indians, okay, it's said by Jules Marco, have remained the same as they were when Colombo first visited them in 1502. And you can see that in the derivation of the word, right? They, they all had different forms of that word in their name, right? So it's understood that, you know, that name existed here previous to the Europeans arriving. And um, it's interesting here that it says, we may look confidently to the Incas for a better one. America was spelled variously on the first maps and continents as Amaraca, Amarioco, Amariaca, Maraca, Moraca, as well as America. All right. And um, just with that, um, be it mentioning the Incans, when you look at the Incan history, you see that the Incan nobility had customs and cultures that are similar to what the prophet returned to us, right? Garcilaso de la Vega, Cieza de Leon, Acosta, and other writers on Peruvian customs and manners inform us that the fringe and tassel of the Yantu, which was the royal headdress of the Incas, were made of fine crimson wool. So they wore the same fez that we wear, right? Crimson wool. Our fez made out of wool. It's red or crimson, and they had a tassel. Okay, and this is why also we see carved out of stone. This is just, this is now going to um, Central America. This is an Olmec um, statue, and um, it's called uh, Old Man with the Hat. And I believe the previous publication it just said Old Man with the Fez, but this is the Old Man with the, with the, you know, looks like a Fez to me with the tassel, and it's carved out of stone. Okay, and you saw the murals that the, Olmecs painted on the inside so you know what they look like all right but just speaking on that the Incas were calling this place this land Amarico Maraca right Amarica Almaraco this is how they pronounce it this is what they were calling the land and referring to it as all right so that that um that that description was already over here prior to any European contact. And then amongst the known, this is, this is discussed. This is actually understood. All right. The chief kingdom in the Western Hemisphere when Columbus landed was Amaraca or America, whose Incan kings claimed descent from the Amariah race of Amarica, the earliest known of the existing population from whom these monarchs who resembled them got some of their art and religious ceremonies. Right. So they knew this land was always called this, okay? And it doesn't matter what we're being taught now because we're being given a, a watered-down version of history, okay? And then this is why now you'll see um, we have Phoenician artifacts discovered all throughout the Americas, right? Just right here, just speaking about Brazil. There's a stone um, 
covered with Phoenician letters discovered in Brazil about 120 years ago. According to the author, Gunnar Thompson, the inscription was found by Brazilian slaves during the 1870s called the Par- Parabia text. Paraíba, Paraíba text. Okay. Um, it recounts the voyage of Phoenician merchants who traveled from Sidon in the 6th century BC. And they tried to brand the Paraíba text a fraud. But they know it's authentic because the inscriptions on it weren't even all understood. They weren't, they hadn't all been um, transcribed by Europeans at that time. Right? Passages that were thought to be erroneous have been verified from identical inscriptions on bona fide Phoenician artifacts. The inscriptions included ancient expressions and grammatical forms that were unknown during the 1800s. Right? So you have Semitic language scholars that have ruled out the possibility of forgery. And then even earlier than that, in 1641, Jesuits living near Minas Gerais, Brazil, reported bronze figurines with strange writing, and then the antiquarians at the Vatican identified the inscriptions as Phoenician, right? And this is the type of stuff that they immediately put in the vaults in the Vatican, right? You're not supposed to find Phoenician artifacts in Brazil in the 1600s. In 1754, missionaries reported the ruins of a stone city in the Amazon jungle also having Phoenician inscriptions. And when you're speaking about the Phoenicians, Once again, you're talking about Moors, okay? The Phoenicians were seafarers. These are people who were still holding on to some of the remnants of the ancient society, okay? What were they doing over here? Conducting trade, living over here, you know, traveling back and forth. All that is happening prior to to, um, European conquests. Okay, so it's not told to us, it's not explained to us, and that's really where the Moorish connection comes. It goes way deeper than anyone could say. You know, some people may try to dumb it down. It's like, no, no, being a Moor means that you're the Lemurians, you're the Atlanteans. Because what does it say in our Quran, in the Holy Quran of the Moorish Science Temple of America of America? We descend from who? The creators of the creators of civilization. This is why we descend from the creators of civilization. Period. This is also why it doesn't make sense to follow after anyone else. Right? Um, <laughs> in chapter 12, it says, Allah never made a heaven for a man, he never made a hell. Why? Because we are creators and we make our own. So if we decide that we want to follow after someone else, someone who came after us, who doesn't have our best interests at heart, right? We're creating a hell for ourselves. We're creating hell. And that's why people suffer. It's not anyone else's um, fault for that. Right in chapter 45, the divine origin of the Asiatic nations, it says the key of civilization was and is in the hands of the Asiatic nations, the Moorish, who were ancient Moabites and the founders of the holy city of Mecca. So, if it was in our hands and it is in our hands, and we're not playing the part 
we're not stepping up and being who we truly are, then that's why the world is in turmoil. That's why the world is able to be gobbled up by this Western society, which is crumbling itself. It's it's going down, but it's still, you know, it's 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 um its um influence is spreading. And as it spreads, it takes down the cultures around it, right? Because Western society, Western civilization is all based on gratifying the lower self. The lower self is just the body. It's just the carnal nature. We're more than that, right? The lower self is supposed to be a servant, right? The body's consciousness is supposed to serve the higher self, all right? So if that type of mindset is spreading across the world, then this is why civilizations all over the world are, are crumbling. They're, they're starting to have the same problems we're having. They're having baby mamas and, and, and baby daddies. They're having broken families. They're having um, gangs. Like they even having like gangbangers in like, you know, different countries like in Nigeria. Why, why is, are Nigerians trying to be vice lords and, and crips and like, come on. Really? But the reason is because the key of civilization was and is in the hands of the Asiatic nations, specifically us. Okay? And so that's why, you know, it's, it's not a joke. Like, we, we are the Moorish. We are the Moors, right? Descendants of the ancient Moabites. We're the founders of civilization. We have to step up. If we don't do it, nobody can. Nobody can fix this. Okay, there's also another um, interesting artifact found over here. <clears throat> this is from, um, I think, uh, this is, okay, this is from the Lost Continent of Mu. I think this is by uh, Churchill or Church Ward. All right, speaking about a vase that was found here that shouldn't, this, this shouldn't be here. All right, found in the Yucatan. The inscription on here is in the ancient Phoenician language. And it says, from the King Kronos of Atlantis. Okay? So speaking about, <clears throat> once again, the Phoenicians, the Moors, right? These are ones who kept some of that knowledge and wisdom from the ancient civ uh, society. They kept that going, right? And you have a vase over here. They actually reads from the King Kronos of Atlantis, okay? And this is a known fact, even though it's, it's not, it's not um, discussed openly, definitely not taught to us. But once again, this is just another understanding that what the prophet taught, what the prophet said to us is true, okay? So when he's teaching us that our dominion um, extended across the great Atlantis, even until North, South, and Central America, right, the Atlantis Islands and, and Mexico, he's telling the truth, okay? The Moabites really did receive permission from the pharaohs of Egypt to inhabit and settle um, Northwest Africa, which is right here, Northwest Africa, Northwest of Mexico, okay? And so that, that understanding, too, why that had to happen once again, I was saying earlier, like, we, we all need to know that word, antediluvian world, right? Because that's speaking about pre-flood, 
the old civilizations. So when you had the cataclysms come through, right, the, you know, things are sinking, being flooded, lands are being broken apart. Land has to be redistributed. Nations have to be redistributed. There was also a fall in culture, right? Some people being um, cut off from, from the rest of the people, right? So civilization fell and things had to be redistributed. So this understanding was brought to us, returned to us, okay? So that we know our true nature, where we really come from, because the European took advantage of, of the situation that we're in and created a whole origin and story for us. And that's why when you look up the various Negro acts, when you look up the various Negro laws dealing with our people, it says the Negro descends from the enslaved Africans. They always specify that because they were creating a permanent slave class, right? And in order to do that, it had to disconnect you from who you truly are, okay? And just to, just to connect one more thing to, then that is why... Um, as long as we go along with this system, we'll suffer. But that's also why we will see um, the Europeans then, right, flying our flag. But not just like out in the open so that people may put things together and figure out what's going on, right? When they fly our flag, it's going to be hidden. It may be hidden in the open, but it's going to be hidden like the one that's in the Grand Lodge of England right? The oldest Masonic lodge. It's hidden in the tapestry in the ceiling. Like most of us wouldn't even know that that's there and that that pertains to us. But it's like, if we're not going to fly it and we're not going to step up and be who we are, somebody has to. And then that's why once they get that 32nd degree, now they can become honorary Muslims and begin to wear our headdress, our national headdress, for the most part in secret because they're only wearing it at Shriner conventions. And this isn't to, you know, to down any groups to make anyone feel bad. It's just, somebody has to tell the truth. Okay. When, you know, telling the truth is not attacking anyone. Nobody should be afraid of the truth. Right. And so when that's hidden out in the open like this, we don't even understand how this pertains to us. Okay, even this imagery that's going on around it, right? This could be dealing with Poseidon. All right, I I would have to look into that and see, but you'll see the same type of thing in, um, I'm thinking in Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. They have this huge, like, animatronic thing set up where it shows the fall of Atlantis. And you have like Poseidon riding on a chariot, I think with these um, winged horses. I can't remember everything, but pretty much you have like that whole depiction being played out. Okay. And, um, you know, there's all types of imagery that deals with us that we don't even recognize, even if it's in our face. Okay. I think they shut that thing down because of COVID. Um, But it's, it's there, I believe it's Caesar's Palace. Trying to think. Yeah, I think that it's at the mall in Caesar's Palace, but you could probably go check it out. But um, <clears throat> so just wanted to share that, you know, because this this is where the connection is. This is why it's important when the prophet returned this to us. 
it was no joke. Okay. It's known. This was the description of Atlantis with the, you know, the land with the rings of each uh, ring surrounded by a ring of water. Okay. Who knew that the Aztecs described themselves coming from Atlas. And then you go to Atlas, Mauritania, and it's still there to this day. Right. That was the capital of Atlantis. Okay, that's something that we all need to understand because it pertains to us. All right, and this is why we received permission from the pharaohs to come over here, extend the dominion. Okay, um, on that note, though, I want to go ahead and just um, open up the floor. If anybody has any questions or anything you would like to add, feel free to speak. Islam, I yield the floor. Okay, Islam, if there's no questions, I did want to share this short clip real quickly. This explained a little better than I did, but um, just, just listen to this briefly. No consensus has ever been reached on where Atlantis once existed. The Rikot structure, also known as the Eye of the Sahara, is a site that could very well be the location of the lost city of Atlantis. Relatively unknown to the world until the 1980s, the Rikot structure is a remote geological formation located in Mauritania, Africa, in the middle of the desert. Apart from its amazing physical features and breathtaking beauty, when compared to Plato's description of the city of Atlantis, it is the best candidate for the original location of Atlantis. To fully understand how amazing this discovery is, it is necessary to decipher what Atlantis is, what the Rikot structure is, and who Plato was. By comparing the Rikot structure to the descriptions of Atlantis provided by Plato, you can begin to connect the dots and see the Rikot structure as what it may truly be, the foundation upon which Atlantis was built. But what exactly was Atlantis? Before we continue... Okay, so, um, yeah, just wanted to share that with you. On that note, Morris, um, I, I yield the floor. Um, if there... If there are any questions or anyone, um, you know, has any comments, anything you'd like to share, feel free to speak, Islam. All right. Um, yeah, if there's no other comments or questions, one announce without further ado, we're going to go into the closing of the meeting. And uh, let's let's read the divine warning. Divine warning by the prophet for the nations. The citizens of all free national governments, according to their national constitution, are all of one family bearing one free national name. Those who fail to recognize the free national name of their constitutional government are classed as undesirables and are subject to all inferior names and abuses and mistreatments that the citizens care to bestow upon them. 
and it is a sin for any group of people to violate the national constitutional laws of a free national government and cling to the names and the principles that delude to slavery. I, the prophet, was prepared by the great God, Allah, to warn my people to resent, repent from their sinful ways and go back to the state of mind to their forefathers' divine and national principles that they will be law abiders and receive their divine rights as citizens according to the free national constitution that was prepared for all free national beings. They are to claim their own free national name and religion. There is but one issue for them to be recognized by this government and of the earth, and it comes only through the connection of the Moorish Divine National Movement, which is incorporated in this government and recognized by all other nations of the world. And through it, they and their children can receive their divine rights unmolested by other citizens that they can cast a free national ballot at the polls under the free national constitution of the state's government and not under a granted privilege as has been the existing condition for many generations. You who doubt whether I the prophet and my principles are right for the redemption of my people, go to those that know the law in the city hall and among the officials in your government and ask them under an intelligent tone and they will be glad to render you a favorable reply for they are glad to see me bring you out of darkness into light. Money doesn't make the man it is free national standards and power that makes a man and a nation. The wealth of all national governments, gold and silver, and commerce belong to, do, to the citizens alone, and without your national citizenship by name and principles, you have no true wealth. And I am hereby calling on all true citizens that stand for a free na national free government and the enforcement of the Constitution to help me in my great missionary work because I need all support from all true American citizens of the United States of America. Help me to save my people who have fallen from the constitutional laws of the government. I am depending on your support to get them back to the constitutional fold again, that they will learn to love instead of hate, and will live according to love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, supporting our free national constitution of the United States of America. I love my people, and I desire their unity and mine back to their own free national and divine standard because day by day they have been violating the national and constitutional laws of their government by claiming names and principles that are unconstitutional. If Italians, Greeks, English, Chinese, Japanese, Turks, and Arabians are forced to proclaim their free national name and religion before the constitutional government of the United States of America, it is no more than right that the law should be enforced upon all other American citizens alike. In all other governments, when a man is born and raised there and asks for his national descent name, and if he fails to give it, he is misused, imprisoned, or exiled. Any group of people that fail to answer up to the constitutional standards of law by name and principles, because to be a citizen of any government, you must claim your national descent name because they place their trust upon issue and names formed by their forefathers. The word Negro deludes in the Latin language to the word nigger, the same as the word colored deludes to anything that is painted, varnished, and dyed. <clears throat> and every nation must bear a national descent name of their forefathers, because honoring thy fathers and thy mothers, your days will be lengthened upon this earth. These names have never been recognized by any true American citizens of this day. Through your free national name, you are known and recognized by all nations of the earth that are recognized by said national government in which they live.
the 14th and 15th Amendments brought the North and South in unit, placing the Southerners who were at that time without power with the constitutional body of power. And at that time, 1865, the free national constitutional law that was enforced since 1774 declared all men equal and free. And if all men are declared by the free national constitution to be free and equal, since that constitution has never been changed, there is no need for the application of the 14th and 15th Amendments for the salvation of our people and citizens. So there isn't but one supreme issue for my people to use to redeem that which was lost, and that is through the above statements. Then the lion and the lamb can lie down together in yonder hills, and neither will be harmed because love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice will be reigning in this land. In those days, the United States will be one of the greatest civilized and prosperous governments of the world. But if the above principles are not carried out by the citizens and my people in this government, the worst is yet to come. Because the great God of the universe is not pleased with the works that are being performed in North America by my people, and this great sin must be removed from the land to save it from enormous earthquakes, diseases, etc. And I, the prophet, do herein believe that this administration of the government being more wisely prepared by more genius citizens that believe in their free national constitution and laws, and through the help of such classes of citizens, I, the prophet, truly believe that my people will find the true and divine way of their forefathers and learn to stop serving carnal customs and merely ideas of men that have never done them any good, but have always harmed them. So I, the prophet, am hereby calling aloud with the divine plea to all true American citizens to help me to remove this great sin which has been committed and is being practiced by my people in the United States of America because they know it is not the true and divine way. And without understanding, they have fallen from the true light into utter darkness of sin, and there is not a nation on earth today that will recognize them socially, religiously, politically, or economically, ETC, in their present condition of their endeavorment in which they themselves try to force upon a civilized world. They will not refrain from their sinful ways of action, and their deeds have brought Jim Crowism, segregation, and everything that brings harm to human beings on earth, and they fought the Southerner for all these great misuses. But I have traveled in the South and have examined conditions there, and it is the works of my people continuously practicing the things which bring dishonor, disgrace, and disrespect to any nation that lives the life. And I'm hereby calling on all true American citizens for moral support and finance to help me in my great missionary work to bring my people out of darkness into marvelous light. From the Prophet. All right, Islam Morris. Um, so um, once again, just all, all this that was shared, it's not like we're trying to distance ourselves from the Moors um, in Spain or the Moors in Senegal or anywhere else. It's just to understand that we have our own distinct and, and unique culture and um, origin, just like everyone else. And this, this is important because it was returned to us by our prophet. And that's why um, wanted to show information that aligns with this, um, that supports what the prophet brought for us. And so um, on that note, though, want to go ahead and close out. Happy Holy Day, everybody. All meetings are to be open and closed promptly according to the Circle 7 in love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. If you are able to, please rise and face the east with us for the closing prayer. <clears throat> you do not need to repeat after me. We stand facing the east with our heels together, feet at a 45-degree angle, and holding up two fingers on the right, five on the left, 
every Moorish American should be doing this proudly because these are ancient customs and cultures that were returned to us. Allah, bind our hearts and minds back to our ancient forefathers, divine creed and principles. We ask this in thy holy name and the seven Elohim. Amen. Islam, Moors, happy holy day. This meeting is now adjourned. Happy holy day. Happy holy day. Great lesson.